Hi, Denise here from Mind Reset again. Now, this podcast is all about giving you some facts about depression. So I do think sometimes we get ourselves a bit, um, I think, confused. And depression um, is a word that sometimes can be sort of banged about so loosely. Like, oh, I'm depressed, I'm depressed. So I'm going to give you some facts about depression. Um, and then at least it gives you a bit more of a, a kind of a an insight. So <clears throat> some facts, about one in 10 people who suffer from serious depression will also have periods when they're actually too happy and overactive. Now, this used to be called manic depression, but what they've now called it is often now called as bipolar disorder because you go from being happy, 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 masses and masses of energy, oh my God, oh my God. And then they're really active and and all of a sudden they have a crash. Yep. So now it's called bipolar because you go from one end of the scale to the other. Um, about one in four women and one in 10 men suffer from depressive episodes at some point in their lives. Probably women suffer more than men because you can get the, like your a hormonal balance can cause you to be get depressed. Um, some people get it from postnatal depression. Some women get it from that. Men can get it if there's things like PTSD. All these, well, everybody can get from PTSD. But men that have been in the forces and stuff like that, there's a big hoo-ha. You know, you see it all there. A bit um, soldiers and people that have been in sort of war zones and stuff like that suffer from PTSD. Yeah, but, but it says that one in four women. Like one in 10 men will suffer depressive episodes at some point in their life. And it says 10% of mothers and 6% of fathers in the UK have mental health problems at any given time. It's actually quite a lot, isn't it? So you've got children that are growing up with mums and dads that have got mental health issues. Uh, it's whether or not they get the help. This is my big thing. It's whether or not they get the help. And a lot of people kind of like, not get brushed under the carpet, they kind of miss it. They're sitting, they're kind of like, they're not, what doctors would class is really bad, that they, you know, they don't need, um, that they need urgent help. Um, but they're not at that point, they're kind of just stuck there. And they're the people that kind of get, you know, forgotten about. Like 17% of people in England have experienced suicidal thoughts at least once in their lifetime. Now, do you know what I think? I was talking to a client about this. Now, I think it's probably more than that. But this is from, you know, these are all facts that have come from sort of different organisations. Now, I think that there's, if you ask people, have you ever thought about, I wonder what it would be like, you know, if I weren't here? Or I wonder what it'd be like, oh, maybe, you know, maybe life would be better without me, right? We've all had these sweeping thoughts, yeah, but it's whether or not you take it that bit further. And I think this is the biggest thing. Right? And at the minute, people's suicide rates have shot up because of the pandemic that we're in. So these things have shot up. So people that have experienced suicidal thoughts, that percentage, I believe, maybe just at this moment in time, is a lot higher than it was when these facts came out. Like 65% of people with depression 
right? All, they all say talking to friends and family help to keep them well. Now, when people are feeling depressed, like talking to somebody, just, you know, somebody to put a smile on your face to make you feel better, to kind of give you that sense of you're not alone, um, to give you that kind of, we all love that sense of you're doing well, mate. All these kind of things, that recognition, that being part of something. We all love that kind of thing. So, and if you can do that, then it gives you that bit more of a balance. It can keep your depression at bay. Like nine out of 10 people with mental health problems experience stigma and discrimination. Now this um, <clears throat> fact, oh, it really can get me on my soapbox. Like just because you've got a mental health issue doesn't mean to say you're any different from anybody else. It's just the fact that you can't see it. And if you went into work with a broken leg, they'd go, oh, you broke your leg, right? But if you go into work and say, oh, I've got anxiety, they think you, there shouldn't be a stigma. We all have mental health, right? But sometimes our mental health, like everything else, kind of gets pushed to the limit. It's like, you know, if you break your leg, well, actually, your physical health isn't that good then, is it? Because you broke your leg. But people are quite happy to see it because you can see it, it's tangible. But mental health issues, because people can't see it, they're not sure what they're dealing with. So there is that kind of stigma. And hopefully, as time goes on, that stigma will go. There's still massive discrimination. Right? I have clients, the loads of clients will come to me and say, I don't want anybody to know that I'm coming to see you. And I'm like, why? Because if it gets back to my boss that I've come to see you, right, well, that's it. You know, I might not get promotion or there's job losses going and I'll be first at the door because I think I can't cope with my work and so on and so on. No, that should not be the case. Just because, you know, you're maybe feeling a bit sad or you've got a bit of, you know, you're feeling a bit of depression, all these kind of things. It's absolute rubbish, right? It just means that something's not quite right and you need to kind of sort it out. And, you know, as I'm saying, you know, if you broke your leg, they'd be happy for you to say, well, you know what, you can't come into work for six weeks because you can't get here. That's fine. Just stay at home and sort it out. But because it's something to do with your mental well-being, they're looking in a very, very different light. But fingers crossed things will start to change Fingers crossed, things will start to change. Now, another fact, most people that are diagnosed with depression will show up to five to six symptoms. There are symptoms that kind of people kind of look at. It's a bit of a tick list. Now, this is the thing that people kind of get confused about when they say, oh, I'm depressed. Right? People who show signs of depression for less than two weeks are usually, they're not usually depressed, right? They'll be classed as having like a low mood, like you're feeling a bit of a low mood. But the point is, because it's not continuous, then quite simply, right, they wouldn't be classed as depressed. They might simply say to you, well, do you know what? You're just feeling a bit low. Right, and I've got loads of clients that come and I'll say, and I'll say to them, like this depression, like your, you know, the way you're feeling, how does it work? And they'll say, well, actually, one day I feel rubbish, but the next day I feel all right. But you're not depressed, then, right? You've just got this low mood that we need to kind of see what the triggers are, right? So, <clears throat> if you're showing signs of depression, 
for more than two weeks, then people will say, then, yeah, you know what, you maybe you probably are depressed. But there you go. So look at the difference. Check out the difference. Right. And as I said, it's a word that's loosely banged about here, there and everywhere. So check out the symptoms before you start to say I'm depressed. Now, another fact is 80% of patients that are presenting with psychotic depression are between the ages of 16 and 30. How sad is that? And a nice, and in a way, it's like these people that, you know, <clears throat> psychotic depression, 16 and 30. Like, but this is when it's when people they won't class people as having um <clears throat> bipolar or anything till they get to about 19 20 because see that's probably about the time when your brain is a bit more is more formed it's formed a lot more than when you're in your teens so i would say maybe when they're saying 80 percent psychotic depression maybe 16 is a bit young but that's just what i say like these are facts that have come from different kind of bits and bobs so <clears throat> so about 20 percent of the people in the uk experience mild symptoms of seasonal depression like that's sed right it's what i feel sad but if you look at the weather at the minute no doubt you feel sad Right, because we don't get out, there's no sunshine, we're going to have our vitamin D, um, the weather's rubbish, it's grey, it's blech, and you just feel rubbish, you feel pumps. Right? So people really struggle, people struggle to get out of bed, because you wake up, it's dark, you maybe go to work, well maybe not at the minute, right? but everything just seems dark and dreary. Now you can get loads of stuff to help me get through this. I have actually got, a, you know, a sad lamp, a sad lamp, a lamp that I put on all the time. Um, it just is a light that gives you that kind of brightness. Mine's has got lots of different um, levels of brightness. The real bright one is like, there's no way that's even the sunshine. It's like, let me just go blind, why don't you? But they're quite good. So if you think you've got sort of seasonal depression, like there are loads and loads of different things you could do up your vitamin d for a start um and see maybe a sad lamp there's loads of things you can sort of get um to get you through a seasonal depression right this other one is <clears throat> right two million new cases of depression are diagnosed every year in the uk two million oh my god two million that's one hell of a load of people Right, and it makes you wonder why. Yep, is it the fact that it's quite easy just to label people as depressed and say, there you go, there's an antidepressant. Right, is it the fact that, you know, is it a case of let's just pigeonhole people and say they're depressed? Now, there you go, take some medication, right, you're depressed and sort of, right, is that the easy, is this why it's a, a lot? Because when we're looking at people's mental well-being, having two million new cases is like, Jesus. Yep. And a lot of the time, these are things that probably could be dealt with way before they begin to adulthood. Yep, a lot of the time, these are things that could be dealt with when they're younger. Um, <clears throat> I've done loads of stuff, loads of workshops and that with young people. Um, to, you know, to talk about their anxieties and their stresses and their worries and their fears, because 
some of the worries you think you don't want to be taking that with you the worry that you worry about worry, the things that you're worrying about when you're younger all the way through when you're an adult yeah because a lot of them are just we, it's like a snowball effect what worries you when you're younger gets even bigger and bigger and bigger when you become an adult so if we can nip a lot of these things in the bud when people are younger then hopefully yep these cases would go down now the last thing i've got here but for antidepressants sometimes it takes several months to work right so it's not a case of as a quick fix um people take them and they think all of a sudden they're going to feel better they don't work like that um and some of the antidepressants can make you a hell of a lot worse before they make you feel better now i always say to clients if they come to me and they're on antidepressants that's fine i'm certainly not going to tell you to come off them because that's not my job yep i always work with the medication that they're on so let's work with it like it might be a case of all right then if you want to reduce it let's reduce it but you have to reduce it slow and steady you just can't come off these things just like that you can't go cold turkey your mind and your body go absolutely they go into trauma so don't try it but they can take you know they can take a fair whack of time to start to work um so if you're starting antidepressants sometimes it's better off to get support throughout that time you know maybe come and see somebody like me or go and see somebody else or go and see if you can get something done on the nhs anything yep now if you start to take antidepressants and you start to feel worse stop them just stop them right um if you get a dodgy stomach if you feel sick or you feel like if you get suicidal thoughts anything like that then stop them and go and see the doctor yeah, because they're not supposed to do that, right? Yeah, it can make you feel worse before you feel better, but not to the fact that you feel suicidal. So there are some facts, some basic facts about depression. I just thought I'd put them in because, you know, sometimes we need to know all these things. Um, if you've got any questions, any um, queries about depression, anything at all, then drop me an email. My email is denise at mindreset.co.uk my website is www.mindreset.co.uk um, and you know you need to chat then I'll get in touch and remember your whole world revolves around the pictures that you paint in your mind and the words that you say to yourself so make them good ones speak to you later